today we're talking about baptism. So how does that roll into it? Well, we're about to see. Months ago, Dr. Umstead from Miss Midwestern Seminary came and held an elder retreat with us, those of us who are elders within our church family, and talked with us for two days about the importance of baptism and having a scriptural background enough that we are firmly positioned with that and we're able to communicate that with others. And so really a great weekend of us. Out of that, a subset of the elders were arranged and began to develop a statement for our church family, Blue Valley Baptist, on exactly what is baptism and what scriptural pieces do we hold within that. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. But before we really start breaking into God's word, let's pray. God, we say thank you this morning for your love. We thank you for being a good father to us. Uh, Whether we had a good example as a father in our own lives or not, if we have a relationship with you, you are our father. You are for us and you love us. And you are consistent and you are steady. Thank you for who you are. God, this morning as we break into your word, we begin to look at some of these passages about baptism. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as these uh, group of guys, the subset of elders, began to form the statement that is about a page and a half to two pages long for us, they began with this statement. To this rich and symbolic act, baptism, as a means of identifying with Christ's death and resurrection, baptism is a beautiful expression and self-identification of the old life's passing and the new life's birth, representing a tangible declaration of one's adoption into the family of God. So the first passage we're going to look at is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verses 16 through 21. So if you're a note taker, as you see the very first question in your notes, what is baptism? You can slate those verses underneath that if you want to go back and spend some more time later. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. Let's read this together. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though once we regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation being made right. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see verse 17 in the middle of that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone surrenders their life, man, woman, boy, girl, to Christ, That individual is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So when we consider baptism and looking at that, the symbolism that is a part of that, what do we see? Well, we see before an individual is baptized or immersed, they're standing out of the water. What does that represent? That represents that individual's old life, what has gone and passed, what their life was before surrendering their life to Jesus. When that person or individual is baptized, 
They are baptized into Christ, meaning that uh, their old life is gone. Their old life is buried, dead, never to return again. And then when they come out of the water, we see new life representing what Christ has done in their lives. New life, new creation being found in him. That is the symbolism of baptism. So what is baptism then? Well, we follow the Baptist faith and message. It's a body of believers. And within it, there were three different statements written on baptism. The first with the original that came out. 1920, the second in 1963, and then the last one in 2000. We hold it in the 2000 statement, which reads this way. Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we see within that statement, the Trinity, it is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried and risen Savior, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his or her faith in the final resurrection of the dead. Being in church ordinance, it is a prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and to the Lord's Supper. And so we do require for those who become a part of our church family to make sure that they have been immersed by baptism in that setting after surrendering their life to Jesus. So does every person who comes seeking church membership from our church family have to be baptized in the walls of Blue Valley Baptist Church? Well, obviously not. Uh, We don't know when conversion has taken place for individuals who come in who are seeking. And so as long as baptism follows conversion, the salvation experience, surrendering their lives to Jesus, and they've been immersed biblically baptized, scripturally baptized elsewhere, we, of course, accept that. We don't require or cause people to be baptized again if that's already taken place and happened in their lives. So baptism is this sign or show or symbol of what has taken place in the individual's life. So who must be baptized and why must we baptize? Well, we see within this our second set of verses we need to look at. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 44. Let's look at that together. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Now remember, Peter was at this point talking to this group of people, this mass of people, sharing the gospel with them. God has made them both Lord and Christ whom he crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit began to speak, began to move, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter answered them, Repent. Repentance means to turn away from and turn towards to. A 180 degree turn. Repent. Repent of your sin. Turn away from your old life, who you were, And surrender your life to Jesus, coming into relationship with him. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added about 3,000 that day. 
So when does a person get baptized following conversion? What is the appropriate timeline of someone getting baptized? Well, we know New Testament, when someone was to surrender, when they surrendered their life to Jesus in this setting in particular, these 3,000 who surrendered, what did they do? Immediately, they baptized. So this 3,000 people came forward, surrendered their lives, however that looked, and they were baptized. Did Peter baptize every one of them? Probably not. I think about after 100, your arms may get a little bit tired. I don't know what that would look like. I've never baptized more than three, I think, in a setting. And so there were apostles and there were disciples. There were others who were there who were a part of this experience, this calling of God in the lives of these people when they surrendered that it was shared. So who can actually uh, baptize? Well, at Blue Valley Baptist Church, the way that the statement reads and how we've held for years are those who are pastors, elders, ministers, and the ordained uh, men that are a part of our church family, some even as deacons. That's what we do as a church family. But is it strictly according to Scripture to be held to that group of people? Well, that's, a really good, that's a really good question. It really isn't a specific line of who and where and what that looked like. That's just what we do as a church family. So can others obviously baptize outside of the context of what we've talked about? Yes, churches hold different positions, but we do see the importance of it being immersion, and it is accompanied with joining a church, saying that is where God has called me. Now again, if following salvation, conversion has already taken place with baptism, we don't require that to take place again. We just need a public testimony of what has taken place in your life of already surrendering to Jesus. So we see that when someone should be baptized, referring to, again, Mark 1 is a great chapter to read related to that, Acts 2, 41, we actually read 36 through 44, and Acts 9, 18 is another place where we see evidence of what baptism was in the New Testament. It's important for us to look at those things. There's a huge cultural shift that's taken place. 2,000 years ago, it wasn't as if someone who surrendered their life, a family member, could quickly call someone on a cell phone and say, hey, I just got saved, I'm going to get baptized, can you come right over? For the most part, culturally, families live together in their sections and segments of the world. And so when someone were to make a decision like that, word would get quickly to them and they could actually experience this uh, baptism in the immediate. Now we desire so much for family and for those who are close to us to be a part of the celebration. So we give days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months for those who surrender their lives to Jesus to be able to come and be a part of that by contacting them and saying, hey, this is going to be a special day of celebration. That's the best way we know uh, to do that. And so the celebration is similar in looking as it did uh, 2,000 years ago with the early church, uh, but different in the fact that we wait. There are also at times physical limitations for some who surrender their lives to Jesus, who may not be able to immediately be baptized. The only time I've seen ministry-wise since we've been here, someone immediately requesting baptism was about our first year that we were here. A family came forward, uh, a family of four, mother, father, two kids. Both kids that morning, right in the front, about 10-minute, 15-minute process, surrendered their lives to Jesus. And the parents said, we want our kids baptized today. And the kids said, we do too. Remember that, Carl? And so uh, we did. So it's like 1245. We're hanging out at church. How would you like to be here today until 1245? Okay, I won't 
ask you to. Regardless, we were all sitting there wondering, what's this going to look like? Most people had never seen it before. And so they went back, jeans and all, put on the robes, put in the water, and there they went, and they got baptized that day. Soon after, that family moved away, and after about a year, we lost contact with them. But if we're going to be serious about seeing scriptural examples of what baptism is to look like, it may be that sometime in the future, someone would come forward and say, I surrender life to Jesus now. I want to be baptized today. Well, what do we have to do? Make sure we have water in the baptismal, right? Both campuses. And that, that water better be warm because if it's, you know, dead of winter, I've experienced that too. It is not friendly and that we've seen it this year. And so we've got to make sure that we're ready. So we will, on both campuses, have water in the baptismal in case someone comes forward and says, I surrender life to Jesus today. We're doing it today. Uh, we're going to be ready as much as possible. We have baptism shirts that we give our baptismal candidates as well. If you've seen those, you've seen them, but you may never have understood exactly what those things were. Well, there's the Greek lettering um, that is in the front that is the Greek for baptize, which means to immerse or to dip. And so it's got the Greek version of that. And then on the back, there's a question that says, ask me, why do we make shirts like that and ask for people to wear those? Because we want them to wear them in the community so people will actually ask, what does that mean? Then they're able to give account for Jesus saving their lives and for their being baptized following. That's one of the reasons we produce and wear those shirts and give those out to baptism candidates. Now, if you want one of those shirts, even if you were baptized somewhere else, be a nominal fee, you are welcome uh, to one of those, if even anything would be happy for you to have one of those baptism shirts. It really has produced a great opportunities. Even in my own life, when I wear that in the community, I have chances to share the gospel with people as a result. So who can baptize? Some references for you to look up on your own. John 4.2, Matthew 28, and Acts 8.38. So how must we baptize? Well, let's look at our last passage for the day. Matthew chapter 3. Verses 17, 13 to 17. We're just going to read one more passage as well. John the Baptist set the precedent in this for us of how to baptize. John, Matthew 3, uh, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. So we see Jesus setting the example for us, though he didn't need baptism, validating John the Baptist's ministry and showing us how baptism is to take place, which was full immersion underneath the water and back up. And that is why we do that. We are also called Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You may be very familiar with this passage, the great commission of what God has called us to do and baptism is a part. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so we see in this that our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to go and to make disciples. So we share the gospel. 
people surrender, we disciple them, we spend individual time with them, making sure that they are growing and getting more and more established in their faith. And then after their conversion, after they've settled this relationship issue with Christ, after they've surrendered their life, they are to be baptized out of obedience in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then to carry that message on uh, from where they go. So we see this baptism as an integral part of not only our church family, but of faith as well. So do people in general have an issue with baptism? Typically not. Typically, if you mention that in church circles, regardless of what church they attend, it's not an issue. What is an issue? The mode of how baptism takes place. So I was born, of course, a family went to Lutheran church when I was little. So I was baptized as an infant. My parents making the statement to that church family, we are going to raise Darren to know God. And so we are going to have him baptized, sprinkled, to show our commitment, and then we want you to join us in that commitment. My dad, raised Catholic, born, was sprinkled as an infant. My mom, both my sisters, raised Lutheran, born sprinkled that was the infant baptism again all family lines all parents showing that we are going to raise our kids to know god well when i was 15 i surrendered my life to jesus of course looking at new testament all the passages we've talked about today even just one would have solidified enough in my mind and heart that while i appreciated what my parents did in communicating with that church family i am we are raising our son to know God. It was their desire for us. It was not a response of my commitment to Christ. And so out of obedience, I had responsibility in what Jesus had called me to do, to be baptized. It didn't nullify what my parents were trying to communicate or what they were sharing. It didn't make my parents feel bad that I wanted to be baptized following my following Jesus, my surrendering my life to him, in fact, they celebrated it because they knew that it was my opportunity to share with the church family, my home pastor, here's what's taken place in my life. And what was the response to the church? Celebration. There were some rumblings within our family because we had a lot of Lutheran background, Catholic background. Well, sure. But my parents advocates for me in that saying Darren did exactly what he was called to do he, he shared with the church his own personal decision to follow Jesus and then he was obedient past that in fact my dad 33 after he surrendered his life to Jesus after being in the Catholic church for a long time and in the Lutheran church set the example for me I have vague memories where my dad went forward after surrendering his life to Jesus and shared with the church family what took place in his life. And then he was immersed. He was baptized. Uh, there were family things my dad had to work through too. My mom had to do the same thing. But even in that, my dad set the example. So for you, you may be wrestling with that. That may be the hiccup for you. Related to baptism. Do you have to be baptized following conversion to be in heaven? Well, if so, the thief on the cross would be in big trouble. Because Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So is it a requirement for salvation? No. Salvation is by grace, through faith, the work of God in our lives. So if someone is saved and not baptized, they will still spend an eternity 
with Christ in heaven. But for those of us who have come to Christ, we have a responsibility out of obedience. We were bought with a price, the blood of Christ, to be baptized following. So if you're struggling and wrestling with that, wondering exactly what that looks like in your life, and maybe you haven't even thought about it for a while, and you want to spend some time together, I would love it. I would love to spend time sitting with you, talking with you about baptism, what that would mean in your life for this church family, whatever that would be. And if you've already been baptized by immersion following your conversion, uh, then that step of obedience was important for those people who were with you. And we're going to see more of that in the days to come as those surrender to Jesus who haven't done so yet or have done so following through, hearing the voice of God, and then showing what's taken place in their life. Baptism. So depending on where you are today with all of this, the key is knowing God, having a relationship with him. So the question is, do you? Have you ever surrendered your life to him? If you have not, today is your day. Let's pray.